Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. And I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open Oak Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi, we're going to have an interesting show today. We're going to talk about love, loss, and hope. And we're going to talk to someone who had early loss and then uh, comes around, loss comes around and has a later on loss. It's going to have sort of a connection. So an interesting show today, Heidi. Would you like to introduce our guest? Sure, Marm. Our guest is Sharon Neff, and she, like you said, is no stranger to loss. Uh, she is a widow. Um, her father died as well. And when she was only 19, she lost her mother. So she's had a lot of losses in her life. She is the author of Until It Wasn't, Love, Loss, and Finding Hope Again. And she does a blog called Travails and Conquer, a blog about loss and hardships that we all must overcome. And she is a volunteer with Life with Cancer. Welcome to the show, Sharon. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here, so thank you. It's great to have you on. You know, I, I was really, uh, when I was reading up your book, I was really interested in thinking about the fact that you did uh, lose your mother when you were 19. You lost your husband. So you saw your dad have the loss of his spouse. Yes. And then it comes around to you. And I'm wondering, I know a lot of people are listening to this or are, are thinking about those impacts of past loss. Talk a little bit about your loss at 19 and then let's go to the later. Well, I think uh, I was the youngest of six kids. So ended up being at home. I was supposed to go away to college, um, mm. Carolina. And uh, my father, one day we were on our way to mass and he said, Sharon, you, you can't go. I need you to stay home. Wow. You have to go to the community college and I need you to help take care of mother. Um, and so, and the truth was I would never have handled it while leaving. So that kind of was okay. What did your mom have? She had colon cancer, but they had done surgery and taken out the infected part, but it had spread to her liver. Mm -hmm. So wow. back then, you know, 35 years ago, it was, it was terminal. Mm -hmm. Um, and she just decided that she wasn't going to do chemo after a few sessions. She just decided it'll be quality of life. So she lived for two and a half years. Um, I scheduled all of my classes um, at Nova um, around her, her medicine. My dad would get her up in the morning and give her her meds. And then um, I would go, I'd have eight o'clock classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I'd go um, till, I don't know, 9.15, get home by 10, get her up, get her her medicine wow. and then get her fed. Um, and then I'd leave again, go back to school for a um, 12 to 115 class and then make it home by two for her next. Were you, were you the only child at home then? I was, yeah. My brother eventually came home. He was in the military. So he eventually came home, but I always had the 2 a.m. Mm -hmm. uh, feedings, if you will, uh, medicine. Um, and that, you know, it just, uh, the as her illness progressed, that was always a scary thing for me to, just not sure what I was going to find when I got downstairs. It was really, it rattled me a lot. That's but, a lot for such a young person. I mean, you're 18, 19 years old with all yeah. this responsibility, juggling school, juggling your mom's health, and then the anxiety of not knowing what you're going to find. Right. How did your dad deal with it after your mom died? 
Well, he was the colonel, although he was retired. So uh, everything wow. was still pretty methodical, but it was such a huge loss for him. I mean, she just was everything to him. Um, and so I was kind of having to deal with that as well. Um, but, you know, a lot of lessons you learn, um, you know, realizing that life is short. That's the lesson that I learned very early. When my mother passed away, I really and truly did not understand that finality. It was yeah. one of the hardest things I, I remember just not being able to grasp that, that I will never see her again. I mean, the door just closed. I want to fast forward now to you get married. Tell us about your husband. So Wes was a great guy, um, a lot different than my family, actually. So that added to a lot of my joy of being married to him. Um, just, just a happy guy, hard worker, all about family, you know, unconditional love, love to laugh, love to make other people laugh, uh, loved kids, they loved him, um, you know, played golf, had his private pilot's license, um, had his own business. You were married for how many, 30 years? Well, we were together 30 years. We were just shy of 28 when yeah. he, and he was diagnosed with cancer. Yes. And had, how many, tell, you had three kids? Yes. And so Kara was, uh, my daughter was 23 when Wes passed away and Sean was 21 and Jake was 19. So Jake and wow. I paralleled a lot. He was 17 when we found out Wes was sick, same as I was when my mother was sick. He wanted to stay home from school um, to be with Wes and then when Wes was really progressing, he said, mom, I wanna go away to school. And I thought, holy smokes. I mean, like I don't have enough to do, but I talked to Wes about it. And he said, Sharon, he's gonna deal with my illness a lot better down at school mm. than he will here. So let's just let him go. And then he was there for two weeks and we called uh, him and said, Jake, you gotta come home and see dad. And then he ended up staying home um, through Wes passing away. Um, and then he tried to go back and that paralleled a lot like me as well, because I was in the middle of a semester as well when my mother died. Wow. And, um, I called him one day and I knew he had class and he, you know, and I said, Jake, what are you doing? He goes, I just couldn't go. I go, Jake, I totally get it, but we're going to have to try to withdraw, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I, I was going to say, it sounds like you had an, a certain amount of empathy that other people didn't have because you had had a similar loss at a similar age. Yeah. Yeah, so and, to kind of help also, him. At I, I also get that you were willing to let him go away to school, whereas yeah, I know I love you. That. You stayed and hung in, and you realized how tough it is. I would think, and, and yeah. part of the reason that you, you know, said if you want to do that. Well, and Kara had graduated from Virginia Tech, um, and so she had she was home as well, and Sean was home as as well. Um, when Jake left. So we were all still pretty insulated and, you know, the sicker Wes got, then we certainly needed all the manpower too. Um, although he was pretty mm -hmm. strong, he really, you know, relent to being weak, but. So I know some of the things you did, which I, uh, I'm really, you know, your book comes out of taking a writing class. Yes. Right. And, yes. and talk a little bit about that. Well, I started keeping a journal when Wes got sick. And of course, if you guys have been through cancer, you know, and you certainly deal with it, I'm sure with all the people that you talk with, um, it just takes a life of its own. So my journal didn't get a lot of input in it while we were really in the throes of all the appointments and, and everything like that. So, um, but I did write, but then after he got sick, it actually ended up being my vehicle. I mean, I would wake up, literally wake up crying 
and I would take two steps to my desk and I would just open it up and I would, whether it was a dream, whether it was anything, um, I, I can't even tell you how many times I would roll around on my bedroom floor, just writhing and wailing. And I would claw up to my desk and start writing everything that I felt. So it really was very raw. When I went to this class, I, it was Iris Krasnow. I, I don't know if you've ever read any of her books, but she's a New York Times bestselling author, yeah. plus a, a journalist and a, um, uh, a professor at American University. So this was a certificate program. And I don't know why, but she just took me under her wing and she um, just prodded me along, fabulous. not only for the writing, but kind of through life. And she kept saying, Sharon, just keep walking towards the light. We're going to walk and get to the light. And a lot of the things, I think because so much of my writing had so much emotion in it, a lot of the prompts that she gave us each week kind of ended up kind of pulling out a lot of people's emotions, um, which, you know, writing is a, is very cathartic. And so um, I brought my, my journal, which is about that thick. And uh, they said, Sharon, you got to get that into a book. And so she would meet me an hour before class. She wanted me to take other classes with her. Um, and I was driving down to downtown DC to get there, but it just didn't matter. It ended up being such an amazing experience for me. And I would say really pivotal in my growth um, because I got to focus on a lot of other things. And a lot of the, the gals that were in the class, which they were all professional women and really, really smart and just really, it was really an amazing experience. But uh, they would say, Sharon, you know, we watched you come in just a shell. They didn't know me when I first got there, just a shell of a person. And just, they watched me. They always said that they watched me through three, or three years, just kind of change and grow. And you have to get to a point where you have to move on. And for me, I always had one foot in the past because that was my best life. Yeah. And trying to move forward was so scary. Uh, one of the things that um, Iris had, it was a quote, which probably changed kind of my course and my way of thinking was um, a nice neen. I don't know if you've heard of her, um, but she, the quote was always, um, when the risk to remain tight in the bud was more painful than it took to blossom. And I never mm, quite I got that. it when I read it. And then it just kept sitting in my head. And I started thinking, you're just existing. You mm -hmm. gotta try, you gotta try. And to me, moving forward was so disloyal. I just mm. couldn't wrap my head around it, which was also a big part of the whole watching Wes go through this because I just couldn't give in to him losing this fight because I felt like that too was disloyal, that I was not. I, mean, I, I have got to stop you for a minute because disloyalty is such an incredible feeling I think, mm -hmm. for people who've had a loss, don't you, Heidi? Absolutely. Like you said, and, and feeling like we need to stay in the pain. The pain is the connection and we need to be loyal to them and, and you know, not feel too much joy or too much happiness and, and not have, and it's scary to have that next chapter without like, who are we without, who am I without my dad? Who am I without my brother? Who are we without, who are you without Wes? Our, right. It's an identity shift. Oh yeah, yeah. So you did your writing and you also did singing, didn't you? I did, I did. That was actually one of the first, I always liked to, like I've taken art lessons and whatnot, but that was when the kids were little and I always wanted to take voice lessons. And I, another thing that I just kind of fell into and found, um, and so I signed up and that too ended up being a pretty big deal. You know, there, it's a funny thing about grief because you're not kind of in a shock bubble. 
So you kind of aren't as self-conscious as you would be normally. It was my experience. And so getting up in front of a class and just singing, I kind of didn't care because I kept thinking, I got all this other stuff going on that weighs on me. I could care less about yeah. it. So I just could be a little bit freer about some things because I just didn't have the energy to care or to be yeah. self-conscious about it. So that was really a fun experience. And then kind of falling into Iris's class um, and just being with that group of women were just an amazing. That, I love that. that. I love how you reached out. Uh, how long was it before you did, by the way? How long was it before you took singing and writing? I think it probably was um, two years, maybe a year and a half to two years. And then the writing, I actually kind of, they kind of uh, doubled up. Um, I was doing still some of the singing, um, my singing classes and also taking my classes downtown. Um, and I, again, Iris wanted me to take a couple of her classes. So I would drive downtown twice a week. Um, but, you know, being on a college campus, I, there's so much energy on a college campus. Yeah, there and is. When you're older, um, you know, you, you appreciate it more um, mm -hmm. and you just, you can thrive on that a lot. So that was really fun. And I've always loved, you know, taking classes. So it was great. Now, I've got to find out if people go online and look at your blog, which is Travail and Conquer. Correct. You've got some stories there, but I don't know what happened. What happened when your kids, you, you wrote the empty nest story and then your kid moved in. Are you <laughs> empty nested now? I am actually. And I will say that I just, on November 7th, I moved out of our house that we had for uh, 32 years, which I have to say was really tough. Um, you know, 3,000 square foot home, big yard. And, you know, I was doing all of that, which is fine. I, it, I didn't, it didn't bother. I, I always did. But it started to lose its fun when Wes wasn't there because you're doing yeah. it as a group. You're doing it as a team. Yeah. And I just would look out and I go, oh my gosh, this yard is growing. Oh my gosh. You know, I just, I'm, I, it's just not, it's time for me to try. And my street, we're kind of like family. We've been through a lot of hardships together. So it was very hard for me to leave. And it was the safest and the happiest place I, I've ever known. Wow. Um, it really was that, you know, uh, Sean and Jake were both born there. Kara was born uh, in another house and we moved. Um, so I just loved it. I loved everything about it. But I decided to really try to move and push myself. So I, I'm renting a townhouse in Leesburg, in historic Leesburg, Virginia, which is really nice. To town. I made the oh, decision. That's nice. Yeah, I'd made the decision I was going to make, um, make the investment in the experience. Mm -hmm. um, but oh, I've got to stop there. I, I love that. I've decided to make the investment in the experience. Yeah. That is juicy. That We can't pass <laughs> over that. <laughs> I love this. My son and daughter-in-law bought my house. So oh, wow. yeah, that's, so that, that's been that's a nice great. twist. To that now, how long has it been since your husband died? So February 2nd will be 10 years. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what I want people to know uh, in listening to this is you can move out of your house the first year, the second year, the third year, you can move out the 10th year and mm -hmm. you'll still have that little pull on your heart, oh, yeah. but you can also decide to make a change at any time in your life. Show us your book. Okay. It's a memoir. Okay. So it's until it was, 
love loss and finding hope again. And we have a place down at uh, uh, the beach on the Eastern shore. So the nice. beach is just, Wes loved it. And uh, I love that picture too of the two empty chairs right there. Beautiful. And everybody who's listening to this can hear Sharon is an amazing person and you are going to have a good read with oh, her memoir. You. So tell people how they can get it. Well, you can do it on Amazon um, I, I, and um, mascotbooks.com. Well, thank you so much for being on our show today. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. What a joy. It thank was, you both. Uh, wonderful having you on and good luck in your new career and everything you're doing and uh, your new grandchild. Thank you. I will. We'll be enjoying it. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you, Sharon. And thank you so much for showing us how you wrote your way through grief and came out to find hope again. Oh, thank you both. I appreciate it. Have a great day. You too. You too. Thanks everybody for tuning in. And Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own and God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.